Hey guys, brought to you by Eternally Bored Productions. It's another episode of Sheebie Jeebies. Why you're still listening to this is beyond me, but here we are again on another Sunday. Uh, this is actually Mother's Day 2018, and uh, so I'm going to give a shout out to my mom and my stepmom, dedicate this episode to them. And everybody knows that my mom is a huge horror fan, and she took me to see Tremors when I was five. But she told me a story that I had forgotten about, and it was the fact that my grandmother took her to see the birds when she was six. So it's like, I have this excellent horror pedigree, and also it appears like, you know, great parenting runs in the family. However, I will not be doing that to um, my future child, which will never exist. So, uh, and then my stepmom, she's actually a really big aliens fan. Uh, she and my dad came down for Alamo city comic con last, uh, last year, uh, last, uh, May, 2017. And, uh, she got to take a picture with the, with a, the prop alien egg with the face hugger in it. And it made her day. It was the best thing ever. And they had a blast in general. I think they're interested in doing another Comic-Con at some point, but they want to dress up for it, which would be so cute because they're in their 60s and all retired and shit. So hopefully. And, you know, um, if you have strained relationship with your mother or you don't talk to your mother, you know, I know this is probably a hard day for you. So I hope you guys that uh, are dealing with it get through it in one piece. But uh, on to today's guest, we're going to be talking to local wrestler, great middle name, Danger Hyphen Zone Scott. That, that wasn't true. We, we just came up with that. And I'm not you local. Just... I'm all over the place. I was just in Houston <laughs> last night. You're based locally. Jesus. I'm based locally. There we go. Based locally in the San Antonio area. But I'm all over everywhere else. Great, 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 great. Yeah, great, he's actually great. traveled internationally, too. You yeah, were in... internationally. Yeah. Mexico, Puerto Rico. Nobody cares about that, though, right? Were you trying to get booked now? Um, well, actually, so New Japan has a dojo in California and they have like one week uh, sessions. So I'm trying to look into that. Any professional wrestling heads that know about New Japan know it's probably one of the probably the greatest company in the world. So, you know, what better place for great Scott than to go there and train with the best. And uh, so that's sort of what's sort of like long-term goal, I guess. So I got to save up a little bit of money for that. I also think you need to have health insurance for that. So I need to need to look into that as well. What the fuck is health insurance? I don't know. It's something that the government made up. Anyways, uh, we're talking today about my favorite horror movie of all time. I'm not really a big horror movie guy. That was going to be my question. Yeah. yeah. Like, did, why are you not into horror movies? Uh, sometimes I think that reality is just so much more horrific than any movie could ever possibly be. So, you know, at times. So just turn on the news if you really want to be horrified. That's sort of why it exists. That's my whole philosophy on that. But um, I don't know. I just... Never really, never really got into it. I was more into comedy movies when I was a kid. Hmm. I liked to laugh. I didn't like to be scared. Mm, so true. Well, what what, do you, what attracted you to the thing, and why did it make a why did it make such an impression on you? Well, I didn't go out of my way to get it. I was in kind of a phase when I was in high school where I had a VHS cassette player. And I could go to Half Price Books and I could buy VHS cassettes for like super cheap. I'm talking like 50 cents, 75 cents, and just whatever movie I wanted to get. Oh, okay. So I go there and I'm just rifling through and I see the thing and I'm like reading the back of it. And I'm like, oh, okay, this sounds cool. Wind up getting it on VHS and probably watched it like, you know, 
30 or 40 times when I was throughout high school or throughout life, I guess, maybe. So maybe maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration. It might have been a little bit less, but somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, that's kind of a lot. In, in the double digits. In the in double, the double digits. digits. So at least 10 times. Probably, yeah. yeah. Well, including I just watched it today before I got here. So True. Okay, so we're at, le- at least 11. Yeah. And what did you like best about it, though? You know, like, as I was watching it today, I was looking at it, you know, from the most recent perspective that I have. So, I mean, when I was a kid, it was probably a lot more like, oh, this is cool. Oh, there's... Are we doing spoilers in this yet? Or, oh, obviously. I guess, yeah, oh, I'm so I'm sorry if you guys haven't seen a movie that's, like, 30-some-odd years yeah, old. It's only been out since, like, 82, but whatever. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I, you know, I guess I just was interested in, like, oh, this is cool, like, aliens. Like, when I was in high school, same time, I was very interested in, like reading about Eric Von Daniken and, like, all the ancient alien hypothesis. I was really into that. And it's interesting. They actually shout out Chariots of the Gods, which is Eric Von Daniken's book about ancient extraterrestrials coming and, like, seeding this planet and stuff like that. So just an interesting little tie-in there. But uh, so that was really cool for me when I was at that age. But, like, growing up now, I see... More of the technical side of things, especially like being involved in professional wrestling and seeing some like really big productions with that. Um, The lighting I was looking at when I was watching today and just like the framing of shots and stuff like that. And I'll get to all that later. I got a whole little list right here. Jesus. Yeah. Like, look at that. That's a full page. I know. And it's in really small print. Notes. Yeah. Yeah. I write super small. Yeah. Great Scott comes prepared, guys. Oh, yeah. course i'm not just gonna show up at some always a professional here yeah that's right well i'm a professional wrestler so exactly not some amateur off the streets anyway i did not call you an amateur i said you were local yeah yeah okay but it is san antonio so you know just making sure not trying to throw no shade well do Um, you do you have any other listeners in other other parts of the world i can only assume yeah Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, we totally go. do. So there you go. So if you're a local wrestling fan in your area, request Great Scott. But we'll come to that maybe at the end. I don't want to be putting too much promotional stuff. Blow up my right spot here, man. I know. I'm sorry. I'm getting everything out of order. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about first well, about the thing? What do you like about the thing? Oh, man. What do I don't like? What do I not like? Uh, you know, the special effects are amazing. They, they're still... They're still some of the best I've ever seen. And, you know, uh, last night I actually decided to play the game, which is, like, try to eat a meal while watching the thing, and I made Dumbo. Mm. And the, the last time I had played this game, I made Jambalaya. You know, and Those John Carpenter, kind of yeah, for that they're game. ugly looking foods. They I was, taste I was great. Eating, I was eating while I was watching. What were you eating, anything. though? <sighs> I was just eating like some fruit and some cereal and stuff. And that's not oh, really okay. as horrific as I know, like jambalaya, like jambalaya and gumbo, depending on how you make it looks like you can find it inside of whatever the thing monster is that day. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, so John Carpenter wins again. And uh, yeah, it's disgusting. It's got a really interesting plot. Uh, I have lots of questions about it, though. One of the things that strikes me is that it does play out like a sci-fi, like a spa- like an Aliens movie, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, here's a monster, space stuff happens, people get killed. Mm-hmm. While normally, you know, this would play up, this would happen in space. We're doing this here on Earth, but in a similarly isolated way because we're in Antarctica. So it's like... Uh, you've got the sense of isolation and your environment can very easily kill you. 
Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, that's sort of a recurring theme in this movie is just, you know, the paranoia of it. That was actually, I've got a whole section in this notes of just isolation, claustrophobia, paranoia. Those are like the three recurring themes that I kept seeing. So, you know, um, one of the main things you see like right off the bat is uh, it's supposed to be like a research station, but you never see the American team doing any actual. Research. Oh, I, I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was trying to look for it. I was like, so what are these what guys are the, actually doing? How here? did these people they're, get hired? Well, they're definitely getting high for sure. Like they're. Oh just, no, you know, I know. Like, how did Palmer get hired? He's like the resident burnout, smoking a joint that's like six inches long. No windows. I'm pr- so I got to talk about my boy Windows here really quick. Okay. So I was, I was watching him the whole movie. Movie, I'm pretty sure that this guy is hooked on opiates. Uh, so, <laughs> so just hear me out on this. And I, I don't mean to out him or whatever. I mean, he died in the movie and it was, you know, a movie. So he was a character. But whatever. Um, you know, he was, when I first see him, you know, he's wearing these like dark sunglasses and stuff like that indoors. And again, coming back to the lighting, like this, this isn't really like a very bright movie. Uh, a lot of shots, it's just, you know, a flare. That, know? yeah, or that a was a lot of shots. It's just like a single light or something like that. That but, was something that Carpenter wanted to do. He went with more muted tones. That way the special effects would pop more. Mm-hmm. And I think that was an excellent choice. But anyways, that just means like, I noticed windows is like wearing sunglasses this whole time. And I'm like, that's weird. And I'm just like, this guy seems really spacey and just kind of like you know like the other you know I think it was Palmer and um, who was the other one uh, Nalls I think they were smoking it I think they were smoking a joint with each other Probably. which is okay you know whatever like but I think Windows took it to that next level because he was just so out there and then later on when they were doing when they were getting ready to tie him up for the blood tests they were uh, like, hey, Doc, go grab some morphine. And, Palmer know, also looks up. really depressed when they're doing that blood test. Like, he's like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, I'll get to the blood test here in a little bit. But uh, anyways, yeah, coming back to the practical effects, I mean, they were just throughout the movie, like, so crazy. I mean, from the first scene that you see of them when they're going to the Norwegian base and they're seeing sort of, you know, this thing that was like in the process of morphing, but they were able to burn it, you know? I mean, it was just, you know, you see it and it's so visual of just like, oh God. And then they do the autopsy of it and it's just, they've, it's got all the internal organs of a human, but it's obviously not human. Wilford Brimley, not even flinching. Oh, young Wilford Brimley. I didn't even, so for the entire time that I've been watching this, I had no idea it was Wilford Brimley. But so uh, the way I was able to watch it this time was you gave me your Amazon password and I was able to watch it on Amazon view and uh, it pops up a, the cast. Yeah, they have like all the notes on the side and stuff like that. So I actually, Jed the I, dog getting like top billing on this. Oh yeah. Well, hey, did a very good job when it was like sitting down in the kennel and it yeah. was just sitting there. Very scary. I know. That was a very suspicious dog. I actually made a, well, you a know, note about that. Can't trust so. a Malamute. No, definitely not. Yeah. So they're too smart. Yeah, but um so I was watching this and um Oh, man, I completely forgot the the train of thought I was going down. Because I was talking about the practical effects. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much a a theme through the movie. But, Mm -hmm. 
I wanted to touch on something okay. uh, when you were mentioning paranoia before, mm. uh, because, you know, you've got all these guys who, again, I don't know how they got hired on there. It's kind of like it's almost like Armageddon in the snow because they just, you know, they just hired a bunch of lackeys to do whatever research job this is, like sending up a bunch of guys who work on an oil rig to an, yeah. <laughs> to an asteroid to blow it up. Like, what are you guys thinking? It's like half doctors and scientists and then the other half are like just guys off the street. You yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, uh, Kurt Russell, apparently something that got cut from his character, Mac, was that he was uh, previously in Vietnam, mm-hmm. which would explain a lot about him, too, since he's isolated from the rest of, you know, he has his own kind of, like, little shack off to the yeah. side away from everybody so else. he's even more isolated. Like, they're already in Antarctica, but he's like, no, I want to be, fuck that, I want to be even I want to be even away. further away from, from everyone. Can I, can I be more separated from these people, if possible? Yeah, so. and there's no real sense of camaraderie between the guys. Not that much. Like, not that you would, not what you would kind of expect, I think, but... Well, uh, especially as the movie progresses and they start... Well, yeah, you know, and then they just keep... Yeah, the, the, the mistrust just continues to grow. Uh, and also uh, something, you know, I feel like uh, Mac has got some, obviously, some PTSD issues from Vietnam, you know, uh, apart from living away from everyone else, but it's like... That dude is drinking all the time. Like, he is the most functioning alcoholic I've ever seen. He's, like, pounding. He's pounding scotch and a Coors. He's hitting the fire alarm with a can of Budweiser. It's impressive. He's computer with whiskey. I know. Um, But, yeah, one of the the lines that he said that popped out to me, he said, uh, I just want to go up to my shack and get drunk. Exactly. And that that was kind of at the midpoint of this before it really, like, took hold of how serious of a situation they were in. Uh, and I mean, it's pretty obvious all these guys are like more or less checked out on the American team. I mean, they're just playing pool, playing ping pong, not doing any actual science. And it's even funnier when they go and see the um, the footage from the Norwegian team because the Norwegian team's actually doing like surveying, <laughs> and, like, actually doing their shit. And then they just happen to discover this like giant alien spaceship. Um, yeah, which, so, you know, you leave that alone and you leave. You're like, nope, fuck this. This is above my pay grade. I am out of here. Yeah, I feel like you would just report that and be like, hey, like, we're going to we're going to blow up some charges here and try and get at this. No, thing. no, no, that yeah. never that's never a good idea. Yeah. Um, so speaking of speaking of the charges, so I uh, I've made a list of all the different weapons I saw there because I was kind of surprised at the amount of uh, firepower in Antarctica. <laughs> Literal fire. Also notice that, yeah. Yeah. Like, why do we need so many guns for this continent that well, nobody lives on? It wasn't just guns. The Norwegians had a machine gun. True. That they were trying to shoot this dog with, which, by I the way... I thought it was just a rifle with a scope on it. Uh, it no, it didn't look like a machine they, gun. They, it was a rifle with a scope, but then when they got out, the other one that was hunting it down did have, like... It was either a semi-automatic or fully automatic, but okay. he was, like, going around and, like, trying to kill the dog. Yeah, those so. Norwegians can't shoot for shit, dude. I was I was thinking that, but I was like, yeah, but how hard is it to shoot you, a dog? You got a scope. From- it's a scope. You couldn't yeah, even- he's in a helicopter. Yeah, I mean, it's like he grazed one of the uh, the guys on the American okay, research well, yeah, team. But, it, you know, it's like you've got all this firepower. You can't hit the broadside of a barn. And then, you know, the the uh, Gary, who looks like an old-timey sheriff from-, from from the west mm-hmm. he just breaks a window and shoots you like right in the eye with, with a, a pistol, revolver yeah. yeah well yeah well we have like the second no amendment. problem norwegians don't have that so hey i'm not an expert on no no norwegian government over here so yeah. i'm gonna leave you to it but um yeah the thing i was thinking was like would bullets even do anything to this dog like if it was if it was the thing like if they shot it 
it might cause it to start transforming again, which then the Americans would be like, what the fuck? And then want to kill it because that's what we do here in America. Yeah, when we see giant shape-shifting aliens, we usually tend to shoot them. Uh, but yeah, so it was uh, the machine gun. There was the pistol. They had The Norwegians had grenades. They accidentally blew up their own helicopter. Yeah, again, not very smart, but, you know, whatever. <sighs> well, I mean, you know, when you're in a situation like that, I guess you can't really... Blew know. up their own helicopter and one of their own anyway because he was looking for it and he couldn't find it in the snow. Yeah. 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 He should have just ran and been like, all right, fuck this helicopter. We're already here. Um, and yeah. There, there were, like, shotguns, too. Like, when they were in the kennel scene when the, the yeah. dog was transforming or when it was transforming into the dog. Oh, that was, man, that was, like, that's a hell of a special effect to start your movie with. It's really, it's... It's so ambitious. Like, there was so much shit happening. And coming back to the lighting, too, in that scene in particular, it was mostly, it was like a single light in the back, and then there were, like, it was mostly lit by flashlights. So it's, like, gives this extra layer of horror to it of, like, okay, you can kind of see, you can kind of see this, like, creature or whatever, but yeah. at the same time, it's still obscured and stuff like that, and you're not really, you definitely have no idea what the fuck it is. Uh, the guy that found it was like, I don't know what it is, but it's mean and pissed off or whatever. <laughs> like, I, I forget the exact quote that he said, but it was something yeah, like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it was just, again, the lighting, the practical effects, the the suspense, the enclosure of it, because the, the creature was like in that enclosure, too. So, I mean, it's still that sort of like claustrophobic element of it. Uh, and there were, again, coming back to that, there were just so many scenes in, like, really cramped hallways and rooms and stuff like that that were just very small, so. Also, for the most part, uh, I can't really think of a think of something where I was seeing the thing actually infect someone. You would see people just randomly explode into a monster, mm-hmm. but I don't remember seeing anybody get infected by, like, say, you know, say the, the head of Norris when he crawls off and he probably goes to infect somebody. I never saw that spider head, like, crawl into somebody. I mean, yeah. we got to see it briefly with Bennings, I guess, kind of. I don't know if he was already the thing or if the thing found him and when he was when he was uh, essentially trapped to that chair and then Windows found him. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, kind of mid-transformation. Uh, but I think that was like one of the, the most effective uses of, of the paranoia because you didn't really see who was getting infected. Like as an audience, you couldn't really see those the, the turns. Yeah, when uh, when Wilford Brimley's character, Doctor Blair. Oh, I love that. When when he realizes, because uh, he's talking to the guy that you know has the dogs or whatever that's in charge of him. I forget what his name was. Clark. Clark. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck Clark. Well, no, because Clark was actually like he wasn't one of the things when they shot him. Yeah, I know, but it's sort of just like I, I, I he tried. Clark did nothing wrong. Clark did nothing wrong. Look, I mean, like Richard Mazur plays Clark, who I love as Bill in Stephen King's It, the original miniseries. Mm. I will always love Richard Mazur. He's great. But like, fucking Clark trying to like stop Mac from shooting the dogs because he shot one of the dogs in the initial like the, in the dog transformation scene, and then like Clark has a shit fit about. I'm like, what? Have you seen the thing that's eating your dogs? Yeah. Why? You can't, those things can't be saved. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Also, this is why I'm a cat person, because this would never happen to a cat. I mean, it was, Jonesy well, made cats are in a kennel, and you wouldn't take cats to Antarctica, so. I mean, unless that's part of the, the experimentation that they're doing, I don't know. But, um... Yeah, they would serve so, no useful purpose. Well, so, so, Wilford Well, Brimley's, why would you take a cat to space? Have they taken cats to space? An alien. It's Jonesy. 
Well, that's so far ahead in time that you could take a pet cat into space. Yeah. I, th- I think so. But anyways, you were so, saying Wolfer Brimley. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Wolfer Brimley, Dr. Blair, he was, uh, you know, talking to Clark and he was, you know, trying to be like, well, when did you put that dog in the kennel? And he was like, oh, like not for like a day or so. And he was like, that dog's just been wandering around here for like a day. <laughs> and then and then I think after he says that, you hear like the the synth sort of soundtrack dun dun you know and it's just very ominous and it's just like oh god like the the realization is dawning on Dr. Blair of like oh shit this thing's just been wandering around for like the last day and we have no idea and uh I know and these Norwegians were really intent on killing it and y'all just letting it hang out it's all just sinking into him he's like oh that's why they were trying to kill that dog (laughs) shouldn't have killed that guy it wouldn't have mattered because he only speaks Norwegian so it would have been really hard to you know translate hey that dog's an alien please kill it yeah but uh yeah so the other funny thing about dr blair that i noticed was his computer so he's running (laughs) he's running this simulation of how the the thing's cellular structure works and how it like attacks cells of other you know blood cells and stuff like that and so he goes directly from that to where after Clark leaves, he brings up some other program on this computer from 1982 and asks, like, what is the probability that, you know, someone from the camp is infected? And, you know, it spits out a number. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I, I enjoyed this scene a lot because it was just like we didn't have enough of a budget to actually shoot the scene. So let's make the computer, you know, give us this exposition. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it wasn't. It wasn't like, hmm, I think there might be a possibility that other people were doing this. It's just, you know, like this sort of little little thing of just like, oh, I'm just going to type it into my computer. Like, yeah. you basically had artificial intelligence in 1982. Yeah, so. and also the, the thing about the world becoming infected in about 27,000 hours. So that equates to just slightly over three years, which is, you've got some time. You've got some time. Yeah, but by the time you figure it out, I think it would be too late. So. Yeah, I also want to try. I also want to talk about what is this? Okay, so we know that Blair, like when he gets infected by the thing, mm-hmm. you know, and he's uh, quarantined in this little area because they're not sure if he's the thing or not. Which in the tool surprise, shed. yeah, the tool, in the tool shed. shed. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so he gets quarantined in the tool shed. And he's been building a little spaceship underneath it. So, yeah, so I, I, I saw that. I have so many questions. So I was looking at that and I was like, okay, I don't think this is like a spaceship for interstellar travel. Maybe it's like some other kind of, you know, well, some why? other kind of vehicle or something like that. But I just, I feel like you couldn't Iron Man it, Tony Stark style. <laughs> And just create, you know, a spaceship capable of, you know, intergalactic travel well, from just helicopters. It was more planes. like an escape pod, you know, which would make sense if this whole thing was taking place in space. So I can kind of understand that. But the thing is, if the alien is making a spaceship to get away, it let it let it go. Let, let it escape Earth. That's totally fine. But we don't really know its aims because, as you said, you know, it may not be, like, meant for interstellar travel. It could just be going to another continent. Or it could be that, you know, as soon as it gets here and then... <laughs> because as humans, we want to kill everything that, you know, we fear, which makes sense. But it was trying to kill us. You know, it, it, it encounters a hostile plan and wants to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. I was... I made a few notes on what I thought the thing even was. So, I mean, like... 
I think it could be biological. It could be synthetic. Like, you know, it could be, it could be both. It could be some weird combination of that. Um, and I was thinking like, so is it like an intelligent being or is it just like, just crazy survival instinct? It might be something like a virus where, because when we initially, when the movie opens, we see the UFO crash land on earth. So it could have been taking over whatever alien race was piloting it, causing it to crash. Say, yeah. You know, but at the same time, if it is a virus, why would it be trying to build an escape, something to escape in? Mm -hmm. I feel like if you're a virus, you don't really have um, that kind of that. Like you're not thinking that far ahead. You're just thinking like I am a virus. I am meant to spread. Well, it for sure interacts with DNA because it affects the human DNA. It affects the dog DNA. So, I mean, it on some level, on some like cellular or maybe even less than cellular level, it works in that way. But uh, I don't know. It was just different, you know, different stuff. I was thinking about that. Uh, one of them when they. Um, when they were debating burning the remains of them and stuff, I think one of the characters were like, well, these remains aren't dead. Like, the, mm -hmm. the cells of them aren't dead. Like, the creature isn't moving, but, like, there's still stuff going on there. And, I mean, that's, again, coming back to this, like, paranoia of just, like, what the fuck is this that we're dealing yeah, with? Yeah, because if it is an alien, say, like, uh, the thing is an actual, like, this isn't a virus. It's just part of a human race, right? Or part of an alien race, excuse me. And that's how they operate. They imitate things. If they were, if it was going to spread over the world and infect it, eventually you're going to probably run out of people. I mean, if you keep exploding your hosts, uh, it's hard to say. Like, I guess at some point, since it wasn't Dr. Blair for so long, you know, uh, like, I guess if you just leave it alone, it's just going to become that perfect copy. And that's how it's going to continue the rest of its life cycle. Yeah. So I wonder if it would be very much like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which, you know, we have a little homage to. Remember when uh, Bennings uh, starts to turn into it with the, his crazy hands? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and he yeah. just opens his mouth and screams very much like the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers where they just scream and point at you. Oh, yeah. So it could be something like with that. With his giant deformed finger and like his little shrimp finger. <laughs> weird. Um, yeah, and I mean... Um, it was just I, it, the transformation piece of it was really weird too because it's just like well how long does it take for him to transform because uh, before uh, I think it was before Bennings transformed when he was still human he was like going over some of this stuff and he tells McCready he's like you know we need to start preparing our food ourselves because if this is like mm -hmm. if this can be transferred on like a microbial level like we got to prepare all our food for ourselves and we should eat out of cans and we should eat out of cans yeah so I mean was that Bennings that said that I thought it was Fuchs it might have been Fuchs yeah it was Fuchs now that I think about it and then so. he ended up just like self-immolating yeah that was really weird and it was after he found uh, the shred of McCready's stuff there too yeah. which was never really fully explained by the way McCready was like ah oh, somebody framed me up but like we never really got any closure on that so well apparently that's what happened but yeah yeah. Uh, I think they could have, you know, again, there are, there are random points in, 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 you know, in the script where I'm like, well, what happened to that guy? Like, Nalls just disappears from the end of the movie, just poof. Yeah. Yeah, we never see him again. And then, yeah, Fuchs, we don't really know if he killed himself because he was trying, you know, he was just like, fuck this, you know, this is, this is my plan in a horror movie, I'm going to kill myself before somebody else can kill me, or if he was already infected. Yeah, yeah, because that's the thing, uh... I think it was uh, it was uh, Nalls who was the first one 
that sort of there was a little scene of like the dog coming in while he was in the kitchen mm. and then you just see mm-hmm. his shadow the head of his shadow turn after the dog enters the room and then it just fades out so again that plays off of the the whole paranoia aspect of the movie is just a, it's like well was he infected then and I mean then of course when they do the blood scene later I think he was he was cleared from that which was actually so the blood scene was like probably like I think like almost the peak of this movie where, you know, it's just such a suspenseful moment of just like, well, I know I'm not one of these fucking things Mm -hmm. and you know, okay. Now I know he's not one of them. Uh, and it's the protocol on this is so funny because they're just, you know, he's trying to like, um, put the, put the hot, you know, piece of metal, the hot loop or whatever onto these people's blood to see if it reacts to see if it's the thing or not. And he doesn't cut anybody out after they've been, you know, after they've been killed, you know, we've or, got or after after we see that they're human, you know, he's just like, OK, well, we're still you're still going to be tied up, you know, like he doesn't say that. But it's just like, well, we're not going to untie you yet. We still got to finish this whole process or whatever. And it kind of shows how fast these things can transform because he gets to um, was, it, Palmer. was it Palmer there. Yeah. 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 It was Palmer. And then, oh yeah, this was that was the scene where Palmer grabs his head, splits in half, and then he eats uh, Windows, which was uh, such, so a, gross. such a sad end. Well, it was a sad end for Windows. I was like really Windows wasn't him. even fully infected. Like he might have been fine and had not had a problem, but it's just like Mac just tortures him anyway. Kind of like he just like shot Clark in the head because hey, Clark was about to punch him. No, I feel like he definitely would have been infected. Like if you've got that thing slobbering all over you and getting into your sure, pores sure. and stuff like that. But I'm like I'm. Yeah, I mean, Windows was totally still a human. But, you know, to be fair, I know you love Windows. He was useless. Like, you, the only thing when, the only thing Windows is good for in the thing is when they get broken. Because everybody's breaking Windows over here. Yeah. Everybody. Oh, yeah, his freak out is the best. Like, I was, when he starts freaking out, I, and, like, he runs and, like, tries to go break out a shotgun. And... <laughs> I just, I heard in my head him just screaming, like, I'm freaking out, man. Like, it's just, it's too much he's for He's very, like, he's very twitchy. He's like the nervous guy in Ghostbusters getting shocked every time uh, he gets something wrong. And He like, definitely is not the kind of person that should be in Antarctica, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, he is just, that does not fit his constitution at all. No. So, um, yeah, but yeah, he gets his head uh, ripped open by by Palmer and that was very sad but it was a really like incredible scene but it's just that's I think that was like the height of the terror in that movie of the other guys who are still like tied down and just watching yeah and they can't get away because they're all tied together and they're stuck right next to this thing that's happening and I mean it's just such good acting on all of their parts because you could hear them and they're freaking out oh yeah "Ah!" like just so loud um Because they're watching their co-worker basically just get his head ripped off in front of them. You know, while their other co-worker turns into this weird alien creature and they're just tied to a chair. Yeah. So, um, it was just, yeah, like, I think that was, as far as, like, the horror aspect of it, I think that was probably, like, the peak of the movie. It's definitely one of my favorite scenes. Uh, I would say, for me, the peak would be the chest defibrillation. Mm. And the reason is because... You know, I had probably seen this movie in pieces. The first time I watched it in full was back in, like, 2011. Okay. I'm sitting there eating my jambalaya, as you do. 
And, you know, I'm just like, I need to watch this because it's a classic horror movie, you know, just watching it. And then all of a sudden, those paddles go on Norris's chest and his chest opens up. And this is one of the few times. It's fucking teeth. And they just eat, uh, what's the doctor's name? Um, Copper, Dr. Copper. Yeah, Dr. Copper, yeah. They fucking just tear his arms off right at the elbow. And... I don't really do this very often during movies, but I, I, I actually backed up from my computer and was like, what? <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of like a jump scare. It was so sense. startling. Like, and that was that was really before jump scares were really very like popular, I guess. So I guess it was really like the only one, the only big one in that movie. And the rest of this movie was so much more based around suspense, which is like, if a horror movie has that, I like that. Like, I don't like you know, really super gory movies coming back to what we were talking about in the very beginning. I like movies because, I mean, this movie, this movie was gory. is incredibly gory. This movie is gory, but I mean, I don't like a movie just because it's gory. Like, I like a movie because it has that suspense. It has to have I mean, plot. Yeah, well, plot, yeah, and this definitely has plot, but I mean, like, the suspense aspect of it, too, of just, like, um, nobody has any idea if anybody's really, like, an alien or not. And I mean, you know, they do the blood test, but... Even after that, you know, there's still, like, suspicion shortly afterwards. Uh, but it was funny when they try and do the blood test the second time after they kill after they kill Palmer and take care of that threat, you know. And then they get, uh, they get Nalls, and Nalls is just, like, oh, like, freaking out. Uh, and then they get Giles after, and Giles starts, like, going off the handle and just, like, get me out of this chair. Like, he just starts screaming at him. And he's just, like, because I don't want to, you know, I think uh, it wasn't Clark that was the last one left. It was the... Uh, the one that was still tied to the couch? Yeah. That was Gary. Gary, yeah. So Old he, Western Sheriff Gary. Right. So he's still there. So, I mean, Giles is just, like, no, dude, like, you're cutting me loose before you do him. <laughs> like, um, but, yeah, like, that just the whole... Suspicion of that. Uh, the other thing was like anytime anyone was missing, uh, I remember it was like sort of in the early to mid part of the movie where they were. Um, I think it was right after they had found uh, not Fuchs, but uh, who was the other one? The one with the finger, the shrimp finger. Bennings. Bennings. So they find Bennings. That's and like salad fingers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Carrot fingers, if you yes. will. Yes. Like very That's large fine. carrots. So. You know, they, they hit him with the flamethrower, which I also, like, why are you having a flamethrower in... Why are you having a flamethrower in Antarctica? Makes no sense to me. But they flamethrower They're very him. well prepped. They've... Apparently so. They flamethrower him, and then they're all kind of just standing around, and they're like, hey, where's Blair? And then, again, like, that synth music comes in, like... Dun, also dun. very effective, and even though John Carpenter didn't do the music for this movie, uh, it's very evocative of his previous work, like on Halloween, mm -hmm. which, uh, if you watch the original Halloween, you can actually see uh, Laurie and Tommy watching the 1951 version of of the thing on the TV, so it was yeah, a yeah, that's yeah. a nice was, little, nice little way to come back around. This. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, it was in that too, wasn't it? So... You know, it's it's cool how it's very like minimalistic. It's very like just uh, very simple, and because it's kind of all you need. And there's not a lot of score other than that that one that bass that bass beat. Yeah, well, and I mean, you know, uh, I think the claustrophobic elements of the of the mm -hmm. movie are cool too. Because I mean, you know, when I was a kid, and I mean, I see this. Or I, you know, I've heard of this a lot too, you know, like when you're a kid, you're always worried about, you know, what's under your bed or whatever. Like even when I was a little kid, like when I was going to the bed 
to go to sleep, I would kind of like hop in there because I didn't want my feet to linger and Did something same. grab it. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think it's sort of the same thing that this movie is playing off of, of, you know, being in an enclosed space, but still like there's something here. There's something here that's like something in the corner you can't see. Exactly. Yeah. Or you can't sense or is alien or something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, like just that, just these recurring themes that just keep popping up through the movie and stuff like that. And even the way that they're filmed, you know, like I said earlier, they're in these, you know, really cramped hallways and stuff like that. Um, and just small rooms. I mean, it's a small research center. Um, and then like pretty much, pretty much every room, like the only open spaces are out in the actual, you know, wild of Antarctica. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but I mean like even McCready's little shack is small and the tool shed that they keep, uh, that they keep, uh, Blair in is like really tiny, which is also, they come back. Uh, to check on him and he's got like a noose just hanging. There. I was wondering did they leave that there or did he make it? <laughs> no he made it but it's interesting because like by that point he would have had to have been infected so yeah. this alien was like so on some level this alien's able to like incorporate the memories of whoever it assimilates and stuff like that and be able to do something like that because I mean like this alien would have no concept of like you know snapping a neck or carotid arteries or anything like that you know mm -hmm. so I thought that was just really interesting too how that how he was like trying to like play off of these guys and like oh well he might be thinking about killing himself or whatever so we should take him back but then they wound up not taking him back which is like the the part of me that's like oh man you know the sympathetic empathetic part of me is like uh, he might have been thinking about killing himself you know so well he's probably gonna die anyway just like John McCain sorry yeah. too soon hey a little bit yeah ah, fuck it just edit that part out uh, no don't leave it in okay. Hey, if we're all going to pretend like we've never made a joke about somebody dying, y'all are fucking liars. But we won't get into politics. This is a horror podcast. Yeah, yeah, but I have yeah. to say something like moderately offensive every episode. It's like my quota. Oh, okay. So, you know, this is it. But, you know, so we get to the point where it's like we're killing everybody off. And, you know, we know that we need to kill this monster. So we're going to go kill this fucking monster. And it's, I think we're just down to, we're down to Mac, Nalls, Childs, and then... Sheriff Gary over there. Yeah. Well, and at that point, McCready is ready to kill anybody. Like, yeah, you know, that's like true. Clark you know, that PTSD is kicking right back in. Well, Clark tries to jump him, and he just shoots. I know, him right in the face. And, he and he ends up being a human. Well, it's also right after he threatens to shoot Giles in the face too. He's like, "I will do it," and he's like, "I guess you will." And yeah. Clark just pops out, and he just shoots him right in the face. Man, Keith David just chewing the scenery on this movie like it's oh, yeah. going out of style. He's oh, yeah. so good. And I mean, like, I mean, Kurt Russell gets top billing, but. Pretty much every actor that was in this brought it, and oh, it was just yeah. like such a unique thing. Because I mean, it was just such a diverse cast and such a like so many different perspectives and stuff like that. And it's just like you know, on the one hand, I completely understand where McCready was coming from, but on the other hand, I completely understand why Clark is like, nah, this dude's probably an alien. Like, and he's even trying to like placate him a little bit. Like, it's kind of funny. He's like, no, guys. We should hear what what McCready has to say. Like wink, wink, wink. you know, and, and it's just you know, like even McCready's like, as he's like inching closer to him, McCready's like, he's like, all right, that's that's close enough, bro. So, 
you know, uh, I wanted to get your opinion on something. I don't know. Have you heard of the whiskey theory for the thing? Oh, for the for the end? Are we are we already getting to the end already? Well, it's kind of we're getting close to the end. We got to kill the monster off. But you know, okay. when this kind of leads into it, so you know, you see them prepping Molotov cocktails, right? Right. And then you know, shit happens. The monster gets essentially exploded, which uh, which is it's after it. Uh, You're just destroying this base, yeah. Well, it's showing it's showing all the different things that it's you know. I saw absorbed. the dog in there. I the didn't dog see Norris. Was in the and there, well, I mean, there were there were a few like humanish as- aspects to it, but it was also like other stuff too. And it was like, oh, maybe it got that from another planet or something. Like it had these weird like vine tendrils and stuff throughout the movie. And, you know, it, it took different yeah. forms. Like, it took that one, like, spider form out of the guy's head, spider head, I was uh, I was calling it. Well, yeah, that's Norris, it. yeah, after, like, his head detaches from itself. Which and then it just grows legs. And then That eyes, was crazy. His eyes spout out of his I jaw. loved, that was my favorite effect in this movie. That thing is so crazy looking. It just skitters off. Yeah. Well, it's funny how they're all, like, looking at it, and then they burn the other one, you know, and they're just like, what the fuck, like, just... At this point, they're thing. completely desensitized. I mean, you don't really see anybody's reactions. Like, you don't get, like, full-on screaming reactions, except for the, the blood test scene. Yeah. But for the most part, every time they encounter this thing that's transformed into one of their one of their friends, they're just kind of, like, staring on in horror, which is a very human reaction, I feel, because it's, like, it's one of those things where it challenges your sanity. Like, you're seeing something that shouldn't exist, but here it is, and you kind of can't have a response to it. And especially during the blood test scene, again, where they're, you know, like, basically tied up, and they're right next to it, you know? I yeah. Mean, it's such a, it's just so oh, no, visceral that's, yes. how it's, like, oh, shit, it's, like, a foot away from me, <laughs> like, you know, and this is happening. Yeah. No, I would lose my shit, too. Yeah. Honestly, I would not be in Antarctica during any of this happening. Um, But so, like, the whiskey theory, after, you know, the explosions go off and we've destroyed the base and all the generators are fucked. Which, by the way, I I hate to take an aside as you're, like, trying to get back on track towards this whiskey theory. No worries. We'll get to the whiskey theory, but I just wanted to point out that... Uh, McCready has to be loving blowing up this uh, this research center. Oh like, yeah, I, he's I, thinking I, of his days back in Nam, man. No, no, not even not even in a PTSD way. More in just like a, I'm so fucking dumb with Antarctica way. <laughs> like he's already. Oh yeah, he's yeah, much that's like, true. He's pretty much resigned himself to the fact that he's gonna die pretty soon, and he's just like. But for real, fuck this base. Oh, yeah, he says that to the monster. Yeah, fuck you, too. Which, seriously, it's like, again, back to the monster, though. I wanted to, like, that thing is, that is a a feat of special effects. It's, I mean, after Norris, it's definitely my my favorite special effect of of the movie. Oh, yeah. And apparently took about, like, 40, maybe 50 people to, to work on, like, for that scene. I'm just like, really? Yeah, their whole the whole production of this movie. I mean, it was in a very small place. That was actually uh, it was filmed in Alaska, which I didn't know. That popped up on the Amazon thing. That was like the very first thing. I yeah, saw also British actually. Columbia, I believe, as well. That was part of it. There were some sound studios on Los An- uh, in Los Angeles as well. Maybe I know. Um, I know Vancouver has like a big film scene. So I know, it's like the X Files, pretty much lives there. I guess I don't, I don't know. know. I, I didn't know that. Apparently. But um, I'm probably actually, talking on my ass. Well, Somebody's gonna correct me on the internet. Well, tying in, well, we'll try and tie it into the X Files because, like the X Files movie, there was also an alien ship under the ice in Antarctica. So, kind of, kind of ties in in a weird way. And then Mulder sees it, but Scully's passed out. Maybe that can be what your next podcast is about. God Even damn though, it. I mean, it's it's kind of X Files movie was kind of a horror movie. Yeah. 
in a way. It was it was a horror movie in the sense that the thing was a horror movie. They have a lot of similarities. Mm, I feel X Files skews more towards sci-fi. This is definitely yeah, horror because there's like blood and shit falling everywhere. It's like it looks like my last period. That's how let, oh, that's God. how crazy the special effects are. I mean, like I swear, there's like tendrils whipping all over the place. That's uh, what your periods are like. Oh yeah, it's, it's bad, man. It's bad. Oh, you got out. You you got out while you still could. You know. Okay. It's, yeah. It's only dear, gotten worse. Yeah, dear listeners. Uh, Great Scott and I used to date way back in the day. We've actually been broken up longer than we dated. That's fucking this crazy. Point, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's and like I, hearing about how. Uh, it's like another life. Closer to Cleopatra than Cleopatra was to the py- pyramids. Yeah. I was about to say periods coming coming back to that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Again, back to ancient aliens. <laughs> Pyramids. Oh, yeah, that's right, because the ancient man. aliens. Yeah, it was probably the same alien that built the pyramids, because they said it was in the ice for, like, 30,000 years, so maybe it, like, yeah. bounced around a little bit, came to Earth every now and then. Yeah, and we saw the... Uh, I remember... The day after we broke up, for some re- the first time, for some reason, we went to go see the prequel to the thing, the 2011 version of the thing, which was fucking god awful. It was legitimately just the thing, but it was about the Norwegian team. Well, we we didn't go to see it in theaters. I think we no, saw we it saw it in theaters. I remember it. No, because we didn't break up in 2011. Yeah, we did. We saw it, like, we broke up on October 13th, and then we went the next day when it premiered on Friday to go see it in the theater. Okay, I guess we did. It was a daytime show. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was not a nighttime show. But I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. So it wasn't, but and I mean, I it's was, fine. We were, we're friends. We were Doesn't matter. It. We were talking about it earlier before uh, before the podcast started, and I kind of like pushed that movie out of my memory. And, like, <laughs> I don't really remember anything. Can I happened. take credit for that? No, uh, just take whoever made that prequel can take credit for that. It didn't. It didn't capture my imagination the way the uh, the original thing did. Well, apparently, it was a studio choice to paint over the CG or paint over the practical effects with CGI. Which fuck you, studio? Yeah, Bad you, you choice. can't do that if you're doing. If it's you're doing the, your thing. the thing. Like that's what the whole point of it was. That's like seeing CGI Yoda in Star Wars movies and mm-hmm. being like, oh god. Like that was why the prequels just didn't sit well with me. It wasn't anything with the story. I mean, it was kind of with the story. It was Hayden Christensen. Come yeah. on. Now this is pod racing. Oh god. But uh. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, CGI Yoda, CGI thing, that's just, no, you gotta have the practical Yeah, I mean, when the thing initially came out in 82, it came out the same day as Blade Runner, and actually both were panned, and they didn't do well, because this was like a week after E.T. just came out, Mm. so, you know, obviously the thing, you know, we don't want, uh, we don't want giant (laughs) evil tentacle monster aliens, we We want want to see our cute aliens, aliens. yeah. Yeah. We want aliens that we we can merchandise. Yeah, yeah, exactly, we can't merchandise the thing what yeah, are we gonna you do cannot that? put that on a lunchbox like that's just that'd be great i mean you could like you could nowadays and like just have like palmer's head splitting open on a lunchbox yeah somebody I would, would totally buy that. buy that that's probably yeah. on etsy somewhere i'm sure oh yeah so yeah but coming back full circle back to the whiskey theory let's get back to the whiskey theory because yep. i want to get your opinion on this so so you've heard of it right well how about you run it down for the for the list okay guys the whiskey theory is basically Everything's fucked. 
And then Mac and Childs are the only ones left alive. Childs. Is it, is it, is it Childs or is it Giles? No, I no, it's it was, Childs. Childs. I thought I've been watching it for years and I thought it was Giles this whole time. You had the cast listing on the screen. I thought I opened it up and it said Giles. So oh, no. I this, guess is not, I just, this is not Giles from Buffy. This, this is Childs. This like is Child's one of those play. things where you just like go into your head and you convince yourself so much of something uh-huh. and then it winds up not being true. Hooray, Mandela effect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so you Mandela affected that. That's cool. Um, so they're the only ones left alive. Childs at some point had wandered off looking for Blair and then comes back around. Well, he, so, says, he says he saw he says he thought he saw Blair. Fair enough. He doesn't even say what happened. He was just like, I thought I saw Blair. So I followed after him. Fair enough. So uh, Mac actually pushes this bottle of whiskey towards him. And then when he raises it to its lips, you hear the, the creepy bass line, the bump bump. Yeah. And he takes a swig and like that Mac sense. just yeah, that yeah, Mac just kind of like laughs a little bit, yeah. you know. And supposedly like um that was actually gasoline from one of those leftover Molotovs. And Mac seeing that Childs is drinking that indicates that Childs is also infected because Childs obviously isn't gonna drink gasoline. Well the other the other thing in that scene too is uh Childs isn't when he's breathing, when he's breathing out there's no, like, because, I mean, you're in Antarctica, and it's, like, below freezing. Oh, there was no puff? There was no... Yeah, there was no puff. Oh, he didn't have a puff. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Well, I mean, what it was was he didn't have a puff, and then, like, I think after you see McCready have a puff, then he has a puff. Yeah. Mm, okay. So, okay. Uh, I think that's an interesting, like, extra little thing to tack onto that. Um, do I think Childs was an alien at the end or not? So when when it cuts to Blair in the underground, and I think that was when he got, uh, I think that's when he got, who was it, Fuchs maybe? Nalls. Or it was Nalls, yeah. Yeah, that's because Nalls just disappears. That's right, yeah. Well, he puts his hand yeah. right on Nalls' face. No, no, that was Gary. Oh, that was Gary, yeah. that's right. Sheriff Gary. Puts his hand on Gary's face and just gets him that way. So the one thing I was seeing when when it was that last scene with Charles and McCready is I was like, well, Charles still has his, um, still has his flamethrower on and this thing tears apart, you know, people's clothes. So there was no way. But then I, I thought back to that scene where he gets Gary and he just puts his hand over his mouth and then yeah. game over, you know? So I was like, huh, maybe, maybe there would have been a way that he could have done it and still like, kept Childs with the flamethrower on. So, I mean, it's definitely not looking good for him. It looks like he might have been an alien. I mean, they're both they're both fucked. I mean, even if that's... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, uh, John Carpenter has debunked that on uh, Twitter before, like, that that actually is whiskey in the bottle. You know, so this, this is also, like, I guess, you know, this is more of just, like, a, a fan theory. It's not really canonical. Yeah. And I don't know exactly what effect this would have, because this was part of Carpenter's Apocalypse arc, which was, like, it, it was it, it was the, or Apocalypse trilogy, excuse me. So it was The Thing, then it was Prince of Darkness, which I still haven't seen, and then In the Mouth of Madness, which is one of my favorite movies. Mm. Uh, so I don't know how exactly, if Childs is The Thing, how that would fit into the rest of those movies if at all but um you know i think it's a fun theory to play around with you know so uh what would you say if you had to if you had to choose a side if you had to say child's was or wasn't the thing what would you go with well so the whole reason why they're trying to you know really like root this thing out is because they're like okay 
if we freeze to death, that's one thing. But if this thing freezes to death and then a rescue party comes, it's going to infect that rescue party. So we have to get this thing and we have to take it out. So it's that sense of urgency with it, I think, that sort of like sets the stage for it. Um, as far as like Childs, it's a lot of like circumstantial evidence for it. I mean, you know, word of God, if John Carpenter says that it was whiskey in that bottle, it was whiskey in that bottle. I know it's really hard to it's really hard to argue with the director. But but whether it was whiskey or whether it was gasoline, I mean, you could still go the route of like, oh well, you know, he didn't have the puff when he was breathing out, you know, and he was gone, and maybe something could have happened. So I mean. That's that's the whole thing again. You know this recurring theme of you know paranoia is you just you don't know. Yeah, and Childs and Mac continue to just to uh, not trust each other up until the very end of the movie, even though everything is hopeless at this point. And, but yeah, but then they're getting all chummy and like buddy buddy with each other and is offering each other whiskey and it's just like, weren't you holding a gun to this guy's head like several hours ago? Yeah, I mean honestly, I'm gonna go with Carpenter saying that that was whiskey in the bottle. Until I can have a chance to go back and watch like Prince of Darkness and rewatch In the Mouth of Madness and, you know, say otherwise. But this is definitely going to be like a hard recommend from both of us, I'm sure. You know, uh, unless you want to say differently, you're not going to recommend this movie. Don't watch the thing. (laughs) Shut up. If you. (laughs) Don't eat jambalaya and watch the thing. Fuck no. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, you know, go into it for sure, but, you know. That's the thing is one of the thing is one of those things where it's like you you know it forces you to pay attention because it puts you in the mindset of these these people that are in this enclosed really claustrophobic situation of just like okay I don't know who I can trust um, you know some of these people might be infected and not even realize it that was you know that's a possibility because mm-hmm. again if it's like if just a single you know drop of this thing gets in you maybe it takes a little while longer than you know Wilford Brimley holding his hand over your mouth and you know probably shoving a bunch of tentacles down your throat ugh so that's not an image I want to think about too much well watch the thing and you'll see it and you won't have to think about it because it'll be right in front of you all right, so you know, on that note, you've heard what we have to think about what we have to say about this movie. But if anybody has uh, any thoughts they want to share, if they absolutely hate this movie, you know, tell us why. Uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at shebe underscore gbs, or you can email us uh, shebegbs at outlook dot com. And uh, great, Scott, what do you have coming up? What do I have coming up? Well, let me look it up because I actually had it on my phone. Here we go. So, Heavy Metal Wrestling, if you're in San Antonio, it's heavy metal and it's wrestling. We've got a band. We've got wrestling. We've got drinks usually, depending on uh, where we're running out of. We typically run out of this place called the Guillotine Room. I don't know if you've ever been. Have you? Sounds like a cut above the rest. (sighs) At the Guillotine Room, we're going to be there June 8th for two minutes to midnight. Uh, and you can come there. You can watch professional wrestling. You can listen to live heavy metal music. So most professional wrestling shows, they'll have like you know their little PA system, and they'll have like a little you know soundboard, and they'll play you know some some music, whatever, some stained or some whack shit from two thousand three. But we actually have metal. 
we actually have a live band that plays people out, and it's just this whole whole thing. It's very cool. I'm going to be wrestling Masada. I'm going to be winning against That's Masada. That's going to be insane, you guys. Like, I'm totally going to this show. Masada, for those of y'all who don't know, is uh, a deathmatch wrestler. So he, yes. like, he, he likes to, like, murder people with uh, skewers, bamboo skewers. Yeah, that's, come see my ex in a deathmatch. Yeah, that's... Well, it's not it's not a deathmatch on paper. I just want to clarify that. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's, oh, it's never a regular, mind. I'll, I'll go to a different match. It is a regular match, but, uh, you know, this guy's definitely, definitely going to be a challenge. But no challenge for greatness. So... Uh, that being said, we've got that on June 8th. That's going to be two minutes to midnight. And you can check that out at heavymetalwrestling.com. And we're also on Twitter, Heavy Metal Wrestling, Instagram as well. Just type it in there. Uh, I'm not really sure what the uh, the actual handles are for those. Sorry, guys. Don't, okay. tell, don't tell the Heavy Metal office I said that. But we're also going to be Don't tag at, them in this podcast. Uh, yeah, we're also going to be running on July 13th as well. And then uh, I'm going to be just out and around throughout Texas. I think I've got AC. ACW coming up this coming weekend. What is an ACW? ACW is Anarchy Championship Wrestling. That's in Austin, Texas. So if anybody's in Austin Sunday and you want to come down to Red River uh, to the to Mohawk. The Mohawk. Fuck yeah, the Mohawk's the best. Yeah, sure. I well, it place. is unless it's raining. Uh, that's happened a couple times where I've I don't. There. I love the Mohawk venue. I know, like rain would suck, but it's a great venue anyway. It's a cool venue, but when you're wrestling in the rain and it's you know, it's still amazing. It's one of my favorite places uh, around the Sixth Street district. So oh, yeah, definitely oh, yeah. go check that out. It's off Sixth Street, but not far. I, off Sixth it's Street. in the Sixth it's, Street it's, area. It's, right it's there, yeah. no. It's like so it's close. It's right there. I think it's Red River and like. Seventh, I want to say. So it's like just just one street down, basically. Just keep walking. Um, Where can the people find you if they want to tell you you're wrong about liking the thing? Well, first, those people can go fuck themselves because the thing is an amazing movie, and I like it a lot. And actually, so the coming, I'll I'll plug myself here in a second, but I will just say the thing is one of those movies where it's like. You keep watching it, and the more you watch it, the more you appreciate it, and the more you're just like, damn, this really, like, they really took the time to make this giant monster with, like, dogs and people and other weird stuff popping out of it for our enjoyment. Those are the same reviews I hear about your matches. I mean, except maybe without the giant dogs and shit. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You saved yourself there. I was like, I was I was scratching my nose, and I was just like, how do I even respond to that? Uh, <laughs> no, my matches are very brutal and very uh, brutalitously done. That's not a word. It should be. It sounds like a word. But anyways, uh, you can find me at uh, Scotty Tweets to You on Instagram, and that's the number two. And the letter U. And the letter U, that's right. And then uh, I'm also scotty to selfie on Instagram, but I'm a private Instagram, so you have to be Fancy. you have to be cool for me to add you or to let you see my pictures. So, but yeah, pay to play, can, guys, pay to play. It's true, it's true. So I mean, I gotta, I'm not just doing this for free, you guys. But uh, that being said, you can find me there. And you can find me at your local professional wrestling show if you talk to your local promoter and tell them to bring me in and pay me lots of money. So or even do that. just feed him a chili dog. That works too, guys. I don't eat chili dogs. That's gross. Whatever. Anyway, well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. 